So welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. And as promised, we have invited Father Frank to join us again, Father Frank Dewey from Newcastle West, uh, from Newcastle West area, I suppose, at this particular stage, um, to join us today to maybe give us a few thoughts on Advent and pre-Christmas reflections and that sort of stuff. So Father Frank, you're very welcome. Thanks again Thank for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. So... Before, I suppose maybe the best place to start is maybe you can give us a few thoughts on Advent first. Yes, John, yeah. Um, <clears throat> as you know, the church's year begins uh, not on January the 1st, no. but on the first Sunday of Advent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Advent is a, a period of preparation for the celebration of the birth of Christ, our Saviour. And a period of waiting that maybe, um, I think today, John, a lot of people don't like waiting. You know, the pace of life is so fast and we can get things so quickly and they want it now, you know. Um, but waiting is central to, to God's plan, God's way. And the scripture readings during Advent illustrate this. Uh, prophecies from Isaiah, for example, in, in the Old Testament, accurate prophecies about the coming of the Messiah written up to 800 years before the birth of Christ. Um, So God made people wait. God moves uh, at his own pace. You've heard me before, John, uh, put it as one of the things we have to learn in the spiritual life is we have to slow down to God's pace. Um, we all know that um, God could move as fast as he like, but he doesn't. Mm. Um, and you know, John, that before Christ's birth, there was almost 400 years of silence from the prophets. It is no wonder that in one of our gospel readings, recently we found, and I quote, people from the city of Jerusalem and towns all over Judea were flocking out into the desert when they heard there was an, an, a prophet speaking after all those years. This is a people that historically were used to the prophets and being guided by them. Um, and normally, John, people in those places wouldn't be found dead outside in the desert. They no, avoided no. it like the plague. Yeah. Um, but here they are now flocking out. So you see, there was what I mean by waiting as, uh, as an advent theme and um, <clears throat> and of course they were also hungering uh, we said that's the prophecy they were hungering for the word of God you know and um, that hunger was created within them the way God created them and that hunger was part of their going out into this in inverted commas God forsaken place it wasn't God forsaken as it turned mm, out it yeah. was where God where they could connect with him but if you think about it like 800 years, you know, it's, it's beyond a lifetime. So therefore, it, it's, you can, I can understand how some people would have said, look, this is not going to happen. Right, I know the yeah. prophecy were there. I know some people who were given the gift of faith or whatever it was mm. to, 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 to accept. And then all of a sudden, then this guy comes along yeah. in the desert. Yes. What, what, what do you want to go in that place for, as you've just said to us? Oh, yeah. But it shows how deeply it was woven into the way God created people. That's the thing. And we have the same thing, John. 
you know. Yeah, yeah. St. Augustine put that marvellously when he said, you have made us for yourself, yes. O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. That's been quoted for the last 16, 17 centuries for a reason. Yeah. It rings true in our experience. We are all created with that hunger for God. And if we don't buy into that waiting for God that is part of our faith journey that Advent illustrates so well, we won't develop much of a relationship with God. Um, see, the people, a lot of people give up their faith today because they prayed for something, they met trouble, they prayed for it, and God yeah. didn't answer them. He didn't answer them. He didn't ring, ring back, return the call, shall mm-hmm. we say. You know, it's, um, so that's, that's one point I would make, uh, Dan, about Advent, that is very much a season of uh, waiting. But another point that the church um, brings to my attention during the season of Advent, it's also a penitential season, um, something that we all would sometimes question, or well, why do we want a penitential season when we've got the coming of Christ coming? But anyway, you, no doubt you'll, you'll expand on that for us. So yeah. may, maybe you can say something about that. Yes, John, um, <clears throat> I think actually, if I remember right, when I was here this time last year, John, I think I spoke a good deal about that, so I'm not going to go into mm-hmm. it in detail again, just maybe take a different line. But uh, just to answer your question, it is, um, uh, it is very much a, an Advent team, repentance, um, very central to Advent, uh, as is Lent. But somehow um, we are not as conscious of Advent in that light. We are all conscious that Lent is a mm, penitential yeah, season, yeah, but yeah. for some reason we haven't cut the Advent thing, although, uh, you know, connected with that, uh, um, it has been part of our tradition is to have confession before Christmas uh, mm. and the same way at the end of Lent before Easter, you know. But I suppose, John, we could uh, look at it like this. If Christ were coming to you or me tomorrow for a visit to our house, um, we might do a bit of prep Put it mm, mm, mm. We might tidy things up a little bit, you know, um, get things in order. We try to be at our best. We look at what needs to be brushed up or eliminated in our lives. Advent is that kind of renewal time, kind of a looking at ourselves, a reminder that Jesus is always coming closer. And Advent is that time of renewal and, and all the time waiting for Jesus to come and being ready for him, you know. So that's where the penitential thing comes When you put it like that, okay, yeah. And I mean, that brings me back, my my thoughts anyway, back to what you said just a few minutes ago there, where you said, we won't develop much of a relationship with God unless we spend that time Hmm. in Advent. And so therefore, if I'm spending the time in Advent, as you said, and and I've been told Jesus is coming, then I want to be prepared, as you've just said to us. That's now right. that makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, and, and the penitential thing is par- a big that's, part of that, the preparing. That's, a, that's you know. a sign, yeah. Yeah, and, and as you, you're probably worn out from hearing me saying that, uh, that it's the repentant sinner that yes. God forgives yes. and God is merciful to. Yes. We can't just say God is merciful, he'll forgive us no matter what we do, you know. Um, it's, the pen- it's the repentant sinner that God is merciful towards. We have to recognize our sinfulness and, and and bring it to God, and his only desire is to forgive the repentant sinner. But anyway, that's well, that, but, yeah. thing, you know, about repentance. Yeah. Well, yeah, good, thanks. Again, um, Advent, you mentioned the 
Mary. She was an Advent saint. Yeah, I, I often think of her in that light, John. You know, as we don't, we don't always ever think of Mary as a saint. We kind of feel she was more than a saint. That's right. Yes, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but but she was a saint, of course. You know, and um, yeah, she's. Um, we can. I think we can get very much into the true spirit of Advent by looking at Mary's role as an Advent saint, mm-hmm. uh, if I may put it that way. And I suppose. Maybe that prompts the question, where does Mary figure in our lives today? And and maybe as we ponder that question, that we do so in the light of uh, Mary's role in the lead uh, through Advent and in, into the birth of Christ. Um, and Mary's role in what Advent leads into began when she was preserved free from original sin in her mother's womb. We'll celebrate it uh, shortly every year, the 8th of December, um, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, mm-hmm. uh, that, that Mary was conceived free from original sin in her mother's womb. God's plan unfolding way back, quietly, when Mary knew nothing about it. Mm-hmm. But God was preparing Mary. It all happens in God's own time. And then about... We're not quite sure what age Mary was, but she could have been as young as about 15, you know. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. But that many years later, after she's born, Mary is visited by the angel Gabriel with that astonishing message we're all familiar with, the Annunciation. And I think we can learn from Mary's response. After now, it, it must, we must say a slight hesitation. How can this be since I am a virgin? She had mm-hmm. a question she couldn't mm-hmm. understand. But then very quickly, let it be done unto me according to your word. Let your word be my guide. Mary teaches us there the importance of listening to God's word and being guided by it. And in that sense, we think of Mary not just as mother, but Mary as the supreme, the the, the disciple of Jesus par excellence the best disciple of Jesus of all time, responded to the word. But she could only have responded to the word, going back to what you said earlier, Mm. if she developed this relationship with God, if if that didn't happen. That's right, that's right. She she developed a deep, deep relationship with God. And if you just trace her life right through, the, 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 the quality time, to use the modern phrase, that she had with Jesus. Yeah. Before he was born, Mm-hmm. And after his birth, you know, um, but difficult time too. Uh, it wasn't without his difficulties, you know. Um, we'll, we'll come back to that maybe in a minute. Um, and then you have uh, you get we learned another bit from Mary in, in the visitation, which we're celebrating the joyful mysteries as well. Mary, we see Mary there as the sharer of the good news and as the carer. That's how I see her there. She she went bursting with joy to share her news with Elizabeth. And she had been told that her elderly cousin Elizabeth, possibly in her 80s, um, was also miraculously pregnant and expecting a baby. Um, So Mary starts her role as a spreader of the good news when she visited Elizabeth and made that long journey um, uh, and there was no Ryanair, 
Um, And that's expressed very much in the Magnificat, you know, the wonderful prayer. My soul glorifies the Lord. Mm. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She's, She's spreading the good news. She's been the disciple there as well. And um, uh, we're also called, we are also called to spread and bear witness to the good news. Um, And in that sense, Mary bore Christ in her womb, but we are Christ bearers as well. Yes. We are to bring Christ around with us and spread him. That's, you know, um, so we we bring Christ forth in the world uh, just as Mary brought Christ forth uh, in the stable when she gave birth to him. Um, uh, and we start uh, doing that when, as we prepare for Christmas and we keep the fact that Christ is coming to save us as the center of our Christmas. Nothing takes precedence uh, over that. Now, I mentioned that we, we see Mary as the carer as well in the visitation. Uh, she could so easily have got caught up in her own importance Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as the chosen mother of Jesus. I mean, we'd have forgiven her if she got all wrapped up in herself. But no, she goes to spend some time with her elderly relative Elizabeth. And we're told, she didn't just drop in to see her, we are told, and I quote, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then went back home. How much we can learn there from Mary's attentiveness to others and to her caring nature. Yeah, you know, and I was just thinking as you reflected there about Mary, you know, and, and so much we can learn from Mary. And I, and it's only when I just take time to, to listen to what you're saying there, again, it keeps on coming back to me. If Mary didn't have this relationship with God, she couldn't have done all this stuff. And oh, yeah. it's that's what she's teaching us. Oh, yeah. And that's what she's, what she's called the greatest disciple of Jesus yeah. ever. Yeah. In the sense mm. that she, she listened to his word and she let that be the guiding thing of her life. She was bonded with yeah. him the whole way. Yeah. 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 Makes sense either way. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, the nativity. We move closer to Christmas mm-hmm. and still, we're still accompanying Mary. Mm. What did she teach us about the nativity story? Yeah, right, John. I, I actually found myself thinking about this uh, uh, a good bit, obviously you would be every Advent, but, but I was thinking about it a good bit uh, lately, like in the whole nativity story, you know, and um, and the stable at Bethlehem. And, you know, and what had me thinking about this, John, is in particular this year was the whole to-do that was instigated by the lady who is uh, the mayor of Dublin when she decided that she would have no live animals in the crib at the mansion house this year. And her reason, the welfare of the animals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, John, Jesus was born in a stable, was kept warm by the animals in the stable. His young pregnant mother rode on a donkey as she searched for a bit of privacy to give birth to her first baby. I'm quite sure a woman's first baby, is, she's more nervous for that mm-hmm. than for any subsequent child she may have. She was searching because she was homeless. Yeah. Mary yeah. and Joseph yeah. had no place to go at that time. And the message for us, John, Mary knows all about hardship. Mary has been homeless. Jesus had no home. Mm-hmm. And if you follow the story of Jesus 
like it's amazing. There's no reference he went home to his home at night. You know, um, he was a, a wandering preacher, if you like. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously we, we don't know where he slept, mm-hmm. but it's um. And all of this illustrates to us the extent to which Jesus entered the human condition in the incarnation. He didn't just, in some kind of a fashion, become one of us, you know, incarnation, the end fleshing. Jesus took on flesh. Mm-hmm. And um, that he really entered the human condition down to the level of being born in a stable. And, and let us not forget, Mary was to be back on the donkey again with Jesus as Joseph walked beside them, as they fled as refugees to Egypt. More, was more hardship. Yeah. More hardship, mm-hmm. yeah. And, um, and possibly trying to breastfeed her baby mm-hmm. on, on, as she traveled yeah. in that donkey, because from what I was reading there, it, it seems to have been a big part of, you know, the mm-hmm. rearing of children that yes. breastfeeding, mm-hmm. you know. And so the homeless, uh, a lesson we draw from that, the homeless... And the refugees are Jesus' focus. He's been there, done that, so to speak. And he wants us to let the homeless and the refugees know that his focus is on them. And that's our task as we spend Christmas. And in fairness, there is uh, quite quite a good deal going on. I was listening on the radio there earlier on today. Um, You know, things that are going on, uh, helping the needy. And there are a lot of very, very Mm -hmm. fine things happening in uh, and by all kinds of people in, uh, today, and uh, they're they're letting the homeless and the refugees know. But I, but the thing is, I'm not sure that uh, some of the people that are doing that connected with Jesus at all, and that's a pity, like because they're actually being deeply Christian. Yes, you know, in doing that, that is Christian love, you know. Um, but and by the way, the animals are back. Uh-huh. In a Dublin crib this year, mm-hmm. but in Stevens Green, I think it is, not mm-hmm. in the Mansion House mm-hmm. one. Thanks, in fairness, in the main, to our local minister, Patrick O'Donovan, and the farming leaders. Yeah. Uh, you might have seen that, John. Uh, already he, mm-hmm. they, uh, from the world go, Patrick O'Donovan said that uh, he, 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 as minister for the, whatever you, the, the Office of Public Works mm-hmm. comes under his. Thing and in fairness, him and he, he he is going to deliver it himself from the farming leaders, and there would be no problem, no worry to the animals. Nobody looks after the animals like the farmers. Like the farmer does, yes. yeah, yes. And I think Jesus <laughs> would want the animals there. I've no doubt he was happy to have them in the first grip, and maybe too, John, he might be afraid <laughs> that they would take him out of the crib next. And that's quite and, and that's quite possible. <laughs> that's quite possible, you know. Yeah. And you know, I mean, the thoughts there again. If he wasn't gone up before them, exactly. <laughs> but the thoughts there again are are, are, are there's no other people in our society who will lead us into the way they want us to think if we're if we're willing to to listen to them. And and what I take the boring people again. What I what I take again from your from your from your your reflection today is if we don't stay connected to God mm. we're going to fall down that path because you often say, you often used to say to us at Lectio and I, I quote it to so many people sit down there now and I'll tell you how to think watch that box in the middle of the floor in, in the middle of the, or whatever whatever let them dictate as to how you're going to live your life and this is what this particular person who was in a bit of power was doing you know she was trying to influence people who 
and we didn't know anything about God and so on and so yes, forth. Yeah. And, and, and they weren't then given a chance because this person had the voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we are dictated to, you know, and, and uh, the box in the corner is a dictator, a real dictator, you know. And, and actually, we're, some people think we're living in an age of freedom. I think we never had less freedom. Because um, the decisions are made for us by social media and by mainline media and so forth. Anyway. Father Frank, that was lovely. Thank you very much, Nathan. You're very welcome. Right. I, I, I certainly got something for myself, and I hope other people will also get the same as what I got from that. So, in the meantime, we'll go for a piece of music that you picked, and a, a lovely piece of music. Um, and uh, we, we all like Noel Henry. And this piece you picked was Hail Mary, Gentlewoman. Yeah, just because we spoke a lot about Mary's role, you know, in Advent. Perfect. So, join us again in part three, where we read and reflect on the Word of God. Wisdom, teach us love. 
Just love. Teach us wisdom.